Morning, team. Four minutes past five. I did laugh this morning. You know, I get up and I sort of, I wake up and I sort of sit in front of the television, I flip through the news and just see if anybody's died, because I'm always looking forward to that. You know, just in case it's somebody interesting. It might be, oh, you know, somebody very famous has died, so I've got to talk about it on the programme. And, uh, and I whisper, and then I've, I found some channel, and I found myself, most of the, the odd digital channels just repeat. All they do is repeat, repeat, repeat. So you, you think to yourself, this is a bit deja vu, I'm sure I've seen this before. And it was The Apprentice. And it was the one with James Maxson. And I'd seen... I thought I'd seen it before. Because they they brought in... And to be honest with you, I've never actually watched The Apprentice. I don't know anything about them apart from... Some of them seem to have sexual problems. Uh, and then they go into fields and talk about all sorts of things. You know, we've had all these strange people in The Apprentice. Now, and most of them just tend to be sort of buffoons who just want to be on television. That's all it is. And in fact, one of them who was obviously on James Max's uh, thing, was obviously very successful. <clears throat> well, he thought he was, and he appeared to be very successful because he owned property. <clears throat> Excuse me. He had property in <clears throat> up the country and in London and in the Bahamas and in France, and it was worth, he said, about three and a half million quid. And the bloke who was interviewing him, who was obviously one of these people trying to whittle them down so they can then say to Alan Sugar, listen, uh, this one you shouldn't go for because this, you know, the programme's called The Apprentice. What was it you've not understood about the word The Apprentice? That's what the show's called. The Appre- You're going to be Alan's Apprentice. You're quite clearly very successful by yourself. Why on earth would you want to come onto a programme? Like that? So they were saying to Alan Sugar, listen, I wouldn't take him. If he's got a property portfolio of about three and a half million, and most of these people are just full of all that bull stuff. And, um, and so I was sort of watching it, and then they got round to James Max. And they were talking about Jet, who just looks like an overstuffed sofa. He does. He does. He sits there. He's not telly-friendly. He doesn't look great on telly. And they were saying, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's a graduate. They said, but he's, he's a bit old. And Alan Sugar went, he's only 34. And they went, yeah, but he looks so much older. And then they said, of course, had he not done The Apprentice, he would have probably done Blind Date. I thought, well, they would have had to have changed the format. But, I mean, but he actually could have done Blind Date because that's the sort of show he would do because you get people. I said to you last week, James O'Brien was saying, oh, you know, I should be on television more. What is it with this obsession which people have nowadays to being on television? Why can't they just commit themselves? <clears throat> it's like, you know, I work in, I don't know, Selfridges or something like that, but I really want to work in Harrods. And that's your big ambition. Well, bloody well, go and work in Harrods. Don't sort of waste Selfridges' time. And there... What the dickens is going on at that window? That's somebody naked combing their hair in the window. Are they naked? I'm a little bit worried by this. Honestly, we started getting all sorts of strange things that viewed it. You need to come and... We don't think they're naked, but they're looking, aren't they? Oh, there's a worry. Anyway, forgot where I've got. Not very bright lights, are they? Mine's a bit like my sitting room. So, uh, so anyway, so, so you get these people and they go, oh, I'm doing this job now, but I'd really rather be doing that. And you think, so obviously you're not committing, are you? <clears throat> a little bit throaty this morning. Don't worry, I'll be within a sec. And, um, and so I, got a bit anno- I get a bit annoyed with people saying, oh, no, I should be on television more. And, this, and you think, so you're not committed, really, to what you're doing at the moment. You've really, you've got an ambition. You want to be somewhere else. In other words, if I waved a wand, where would you rather be? Television or radio? And they go, television. I go, all right, I'll tell you what, we're going to take you off radio. You go and pursue your dream. Stop wasting everybody's time. I get really fed up with that. But it, it did make me laugh when they talked about James Max, who'd have, who'd have gone on any show, including Blind Day. And I, I just kept thinking, first of all, I laughed. And then I thought, I don't think the format's right, really, for James. They'd have to sort of change it a little bit. We've got a how low today. <clears throat> it's a Sony Vio laptop, which we'll talk to you about uh, in a moment. And have you noticed, the moment that the divorce comes through of uh, junkie Amy Winehouse, you can't shut Blake Fielder Civil up. 
Today in the papers, <clears throat> it's drugs, drugs and more drugs. Do you know, Blake, I really couldn't give a toss if you fell off Tower Bridge, mate. I'm really not interested. We know you all did drugs. We know it... I really... Why is this interesting? <clears throat> Excuse me, in this day and age, that... Uh, Amy Winehouse stole cocaine from Kate Moss's bag. That's, I mean, that is a front-page story. Who gives us stuff? Who gives us stuff? I bet if you went through the Sun newspaper, you'd find a few journalists in there who'd done the old Colombian marching powder. I shouldn't imagine it'd be too difficult. You could probably go through any company, any company, and find people that did cocaine. That's their business. Why it makes front-page story. I couldn't give a toss if Amy Winehouse tops us. It makes no difference to me. If that's what you want to do when you're on drugs... Because yesterday we were actually told that uh, she nearly died when doing drugs. I couldn't care less. If that's what she wants to do, let her do it. Makes no difference for me. Although somebody said the other day to try and sort of save her from herself, her parents have moved out of Camden to High Barnet. And you have to look at Amy Winehouse and have a laugh when you think she's moved from Camden. Look at her hairstyle and she's moved to High Barnet. I ask you, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, you know, shove as much... You can stick heroin in your arm. I really couldn't care less. What annoys me is people who go and sell the stories afterwards. It's the people who go, right, I've been... For- How can I make money out of this? It's at the moment you've got poor old Jordan. Poor old deluded Jordan. Poor old- she must wake up every day, look in the mirror and think, Christ, I'm ugly. And she's got this new bloke who, it turns out, likes wearing women's clothing as well. I mean, and at 34, still lives with mummy at home. 34. So, and he's always wanted to be famous, according to friends. Fantastic. On the back of Jordan. Or the front of Jordan, or the side of Jordan. I mean, any sort of which way, but but she's so dumb, she can't see it. Unfortunately, that's what people do now. I told you, if you want to be famous, it's fame by association. Think if Paula Yates would still be alive, if she'd not done all those drugs that she did, you'd have to suffer with Peaches, Pixie, Heavenly Hirani, and all the other barking family. No, of course you wouldn't. Graham Norton's won praise today in the papers, I'm quite pleased. From uh, Terry Wogan for doing the Eurovision Song Contest. I said he'd be fine doing it. I said he'd be absolutely fine. And, uh, and it's, you know, good for him. We said he'd do well. Not sure about the gay cops who were in the paper today. These are the two who featured yesterday. This is uh, Ivan Sixton and Stephen Ponder. Um, they've, they've got a baby now through one of their... I think one of their sisters, I think Stephen's sister, Lorna, acted as surrogate mum. So this... Uh, this, uh, this gay couple, gay, gay policemen, quite a lot of gay policemen, it has to be said. You can always spot them riding the motorbikes. They're always the one doing side saddle. They never actually can get their leg quite over. They sit side saddle, a bit like, you know, doing dressage. <laughs> and uh, there's probably a few down at Charing Cross, I shouldn't wonder. Anyway, because there's quite a few motorbikes down there, I must tell you. So anyway, so they then have this child. They've got no experience of bringing up children at all. And but the only thing that worries me about this, this relationship is that one of them is 43, police dog handler Ivan. Ivan's got a police dog. Go on, the old gag, it's bound to be a poodle. And, uh, you know, here, here's our butch police dog, it's a poodle. No, it's a chihuahua. And the, uh, the other one's only 28. So there's quite a difference in age. And knowing what gay relationships are like, they tend not to last. They don't have great track records. They really don't. So that's what worries me, that they, they've got this child... And, and it's theirs to all intents and purposes, this little boy. So, of course, you can imagine, that's going to drag all the right-wingers out, you know. Oh, my God, two poofs and they've got a baby and it's a boy. He's bound to be gay without sort of realising that 99.9% of gay, gay uh, kids come from straight parents, you know. You don't kind of make a decision, I don't think. And, um, and they say here it's, it's selfish of them. Somebody's written it, somebody called Malcolm. 
Malcolm's probably quite lonely, probably got a little bit of stubble and probably hasn't worked for some years. And he says it's, uh, it's selfish of them. The, the child should have the right to have heterosexual parents. Oh, Jesus, you give up, don't you, when you get to things like that? The child should have the rights. It's a baby. It makes no difference. It's not going to make any difference whether it's got gay parents or anything else. The difference is that I'm just worried that their age difference is so much. One's an old man and looks an old man now. He's the one with the dog. And the other one isn't. And one of them has been given maternity leave. You know, it's like, perhaps you should be given maternity leave. You go out and adopt a, a, a puppy nowadays. I think that should be the kind of thing. Don't you reckon so? I would quite like that idea. More on Michael Jackson. Oh, I'll tell you the other story. I had to watch it in the television. The serial bigamist, em- Emily Horn. She's quite clearly got a few screws loose. This is the one. She used to be a former glamour model. My God, it must have been years ago. Because what I saw yesterday was, an, was a woman who was so unattractive. I mean, I don't want to be rude about Well, I do. Because, I've, I mean, how this woman ever snared men, God alone knows. She looks like she's a candidate for Big Brother, sitting there with tattoos and perhaps smoking a joint. That's what she looks like for Big Brother. Much at least Davina came out the other day and said that the two people who'd skipped out of Big Brother, that was the so-called Chinese millionaire, who's a bit suspect as far as I'm concerned, and somebody called Tom the Bodybuilder, who's also equally suspect. She said people who leave the Big Brother house are losers. And they're absolutely losers. They're big girls' blouses. They skip out and then think they're famous because they stick them on Big Brother's little brother. Pile of rubbish, ladies and gentlemen, as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, so this, this serial bigamist, Emily Horn, uh, marries all these men and they don't send her to prison. And there's a picture of... Now, I'm not going to be rude because, you know, Amanda, come on. How the hell did that ever pull... <laughs> Dear God, I mean, look. Right, oh. Bit worrying, isn't it? I'm quite shocked, actually. That was a glamour model. Yeah, like you said, it was a little it's, while ago, wasn't it? It must have been quite that somewhat. That was her there? Yes, that was her in a glamour shop, but even then right, she looks a bit ropey. that's a bit... It's not good, is it? It's but this is... Glamorous, is there's it? no makeup. In fact, it's all... One would... I mean, you know, without casting aspersions on her sexuality... Mm. Does. I mean, it does, doesn't it? It does look a bit too butch. It does look a bit, as we say in the business, a bit Jeremy Kyle. It's a kind of, you know, you see birds on there with sort of tattoos and rings through their noses and a chain from here to there, and you think, how did you ever pull a bloke? How did you ever pull a bloke? And then you look at some of the blokes and you think, how can you ever pull a woman? Nobody would touch you with a bargepole. You look filthy, dirty. Horrible people. Oh, guess who's wanting to appear? I must tell you, I'll have to tell you in a moment. Who wants to appear on Strictly Come Dancing? I'll tell you you why she wants to appear. It's a woman. She wants to appear because she hasn't actually done anything since she left uh, a programme she was in and she wants to lose weight and she wants to raise her profile. Okay, give you another clue. She's already brought out a fitness DVD. But then, unfortunately, the old lardy piled the pounds back on again. Who do you think's desperate? Desperate. She'll crawl round the producers to get on this programme. It's one of her favourite shows, yet one of her favourite shows on television. And she so desperately wants to be on it. In fact, she'd so desperately like to be on just about anything, because then she can lose the weight and then perhaps uh, con you into buying another one of these. Oh, look, do this DVD thing. Because guaranteed, every single one, barring about three, who've done these fitness DVDs pile the pounds on afterwards. Because all they do is, they do the same as that lardy, Kerry Kokota. And she, um, she's another one. She goes out there, three months, they do all the weight, then they do the DVD. She, she coins it for about 50,000 quid for a few other lardies out there who seriously think that you're going to lose the weight by watching a DVD. You ain't. And then the, they, they go out and eat the breakfast, the pounds pile on again, and they go, well, how can I rip money off the British public again? So they've got to think of something new. They're not pretty enough to be models, they've got to do DVDs. And this particular person appeared on television and we all went, blimey. But of course, as with all diets, you pile it back on again. Name coming up after this. 
News headlines. The British government has raised the prospects of talks with the Taliban following the end of a major offensive that cost the lives of ten British troops. The Prime Minister is praising the success of Operation Panther's Claw, promising their sacrifice would not be in vain. It's claimed MPs have introduced new rules allowing them to claim £25 a night without producing a receipt. The Telegraph says the move appears to have been approved without any debate in the Commons. A Save the Children worker from Barking who led a double life as a paedophile is due to be sentenced today. Sohail Azez, a member of the international network dedicated to child abuse, came to the UK on a two-year visa after molesting a 13-year-old boy and taking indecent photos of him. The Madonna's love letters and answering machine messages to an ex-boyfriend are part of an online auction starting later today in New York. They're among nearly 500 personal items owned by celebs that are going under the hammer. I'm willing to actually uh, auction my answer phone messages from Hugh Broom, I tell you. I think we've, we're probably in line for double figures. Could be Absolutely. 20 pence, 30 pence, who knows? Possibly even 27. But poss- well, possibly. If we, if we find the right buyer, really, Hugh. Really pushed the boat out. <laughs> really tried hard. <laughs> right. Uh, right, Blackwall Tunnel, it's down to one lane southbound at the moment. Uh, there's a broken down vehicle. Morning, every. Yes, it was none other than old Natalie Cassidy. Natalie Cassidy, who texted me only a short while ago when I said she re- she was pictured outside, I think, a pub sinking a pint. And I'm actually saying to her, listen, that's why you're fat. You drink pints and you don't exercise. It is no good going on a TV show to lose weight. If you can't lose it without the filthy Luca being waved over your head, you're an embarrassment to everybody. Because otherwise, you're cheating. Although... Uh, um, an, an insider has said, presumably it's either agent or PA, has said, listen, uh, she could have a DVD out for Christmas. I'm thinking, what, another one to rip people off with? Do me a favour! Natalie, you want to lose weight? Get out there, start pounding the streets. I bet you're still in bed at this time of the morning. You're serious about... And let's face you haven't got any other work, love. If you're serious about losing weight, don't whinge to the, to the paper. Say, oh, you know, if I got on Strictly Come Dancing, that would help. Listen, darling, they don't... They, they can't put fat people like you on there because if you fall over, you hurt yourself. You know, you don't go on there to start losing weight. You go on there to hone a skill. Not to lose weight. Lose weight, you do yourself. You know, it's just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Get out there, lose some weight, do it properly, make, you know, then go. I've made an example. Not, oh, I'm going to lose some weight, and then, oh, here's my DVD. And do the rounds of the radio stations, and ask, we'd be included as well. And then at the end of the day, after three, four months, back goes the weight. Look at Kerry Katona. They blame the weight going on because her life is so turbulent. You know, I don't know how people cope, because let's face it, if we all started eating every time we had a bit of stress, we'd all be as big as a house. It's just ridiculous, all these excuses, like, you know, that 14-year-old girl in the paper the other day, oh, the reason that she drank was because her father died. What a load of old spherical objects. What a load of old rubbish. Loads of people's fathers died, they don't start drinking. You do if you're stupid and you've got nothing else going on in your life. That's, that's your problem. That's your problem. 84850, uk. Uh, look, I just saw a picture of a friend of mine with Louis Walsh the other day. This friend of mine said, you don't like Louis Walsh, do you? I said, it's not that I don't like Louis Walsh. I just want him to be a bit more honest. A bit more honest. I appreciate the fact, because I watched uh, the Girls Aloud concert. What a pile of old crap that was. Oh, God, I, was, uh, I can't believe that people buy into this rubbish. And people go, oh, I want to be a pop star. And you think, do you really? And they go, yes, I want to be famous. I want to be famous. I want to be the... It's like Jordan is in this month's OK magazine, or this week's, her only magazine interview. Yes, yeah, because it's the only magazine she's tied into with a lucrative money deal. Jordan telling you the truth. That, I couldn't give a stuff about Jordan. Some old bag who can't keep her marriage together. Who cares? Who cares? And Peter Andre has said he's not very happy with her drinking. Peter, stay well out of it. Don't get involved. 
because you'll be the one who emerges the uh, the victor. Oh, wait a minute, here's a lovely picture of Fern Cotton. She was pounding the pavements. Apparently, because she was left shaken the other week because she had a death threat. And um, she's now apparently... I mean, she, that, that day she managed to get a free lift home from the police. That was good, wasn't it? She gets a death threat from a bloke who's up north. How oh, he's going to get down in time. So at the end of her show, the police run her back home to Richmond. I'm thinking of phoning them today so I can get home a bit quicker afterwards. But anyway, she had to be escorted after fearing for her life. What a load of old rubbish, ladies and gentlemen. What a load of rubbish. If you're worried every time some, some mentally ill person wrote in, oh, I don't like you, I'm waiting for you after work today, all you do is you just get them with a water pistol and go, now go home, you little girl's blouse. Anyway, she was pounding the streets the other day. Oh, dear God, I hope she's not going to bring out a fitness video. I'm not sure I could cope with something like that. Uh, oh, and Kim Marsh has opened her heart... She's working through the pain of uh, losing her baby by being positive. Well, I thought we've had this story. Did this not happen some time ago? We already had her out at an awards ceremony, and then she had her breasts done as well, because that made her feel more like a woman. I've never understood this. You know, people who, you know, she looked perfectly all right before, but apparently having her breasts done, she says, for me to feel sexy, I have to feel confident. This is a woman with no acting experience whatsoever, apart from convincing Jack Ryder that she was in love with him. That was the only bit of acting I thought we ever saw. The rest of it, a pile of old rubbish, I'm afraid. You remember, she was the one who lied to get into the X Factor. And I don't have any... And they went up there and turned out she did have two children. She'd shove them on her parents so that she could uh, be famous. People would do anything nowadays. People sell, sell their grandmothers down the river to be famous. If I had a grandmother, I would be selling mine down the river to make sure that I became famous. <laughs> it's pathetic, isn't it, really? Um, uh, Hugh Broom can see a police car at the Blackwall Tunnel, but not a vehicle that's supposedly broken down. Maybe it's because the police car's broken down. <laughs> that is true, actually. That is true. He's, he's found it. He's found the car. He's found it on his cameras. Because Hugh has got the gift of cameras at his fingertips. He can, he's, he's got little dexterous fingers. And all of a sudden, the camera comes up and he, he can find all these things. He loves it. 84850, steve at Do you know, I got a stupid thing in the other day from somebody saying, people want you to, they want to be your friends on Facebook. I don't think so. Thank you very much indeed. I don't want to be anybody's friend on Facebook at all. No, I don't want anybody's friend on Facebook. No, not even yours. No, you're not on Facebook, are you? Oh, dear God, I never know. worrying. No, I don't want to do anything like that at all, I'm afraid. I don't do... In fact, I, I, I can show you who, who one of them is, because it was terribly funny. Because I remember thinking to myself... Uh, there we go. Look, wait, wait, wait for this. I'll, it says Facebook. Reminder, eight of your friends want to have you on there. OK, ready? OK. Uh, there's some there, some there, and... There you go, look. <laughs> as if. <laughs> as if. I don't think that is that person, though. I think that's a... F you think it is? Oh, dear God, it never was. Definitely not going to happen. Oh, definitely not going to happen. Far too many Marys in my life as it is. Anyway. Anyway, yesterday, the other day, it wasn't it? It was the other day. It was Friday. Friday, yes, because I was out Friday. And, uh, and we know that Corin and Tony and Jan and Peter... Went to Twickenham and had a, a day out, an homage in, uh, in Twickenham. So we'll come around to that one in a moment. I was just having a look at, uh, at Bill and Doris's menu for the, uh, for the Global Cafe upstairs. Do you know, I've never had lunch here. I've got to have lunch one day. Because on Monday, they had bacon cheeseburger or pan-fried place fillet, four cheese tortelloni. Tuesday, today, steak and Guinness pie, pan-fried red snapper, three cheese quiche with roast herb potatoes and broccoli. Tomorrow, nut roast. That'll please the producer. Nut roast. Oh, dear God. Thursday, meatballs. Penne nap napolinetan. Anyway, apple and berry crumble. 
and lamb, rogue and josh. But my favourite is on Friday, pork, apricot and ginger kebab. That sounds fab, doesn't it? Not if you're vegetarian. Baked breaded cod, margarita pizza, seasoned wedges and peas. Peas are a featured thing. So, Bill, I might be eating up there one day this week. I'll let you know a little bit later on. People were in their pews talking at church. Suddenly, Satan appeared at the altar. Everybody started screaming, running for the entrances, trampling each other in a frantic effort to get away from the evil incarnate. Soon everybody had exited the church except for one elderly gentleman who sat calmly in his pew without moving, seeming oblivious to the fact that God's ultimate enemy was in his presence. So Satan walks up to the old man and says, Don't you know who I am? The man replied, Yep, sure do. Aren't you afraid of me? Satan said. Nope, sure ain't, said the man. Don't you realise I can kill with a word? said Satan. Don't doubt it for a minute, returned the old man in an even tone. Don't you know I could cause you profound, horrifying agony for all eternity, persisted Satan. Yep, was the calm reply. And you're still not afraid, said Satan. Nope, said the old man. More than a little perturbed, Satan said, Why aren't you afraid of me? Been married to your sister for 44 years. Okay. OK, we'll do it again a bit later for you. It's, it's sometimes a little bit early in the morning, I realise. A little bit early. Doesn't matter. Thank you, uh, Ivor. Very much. <laughs> hopeless you are today, you lot. You really are terrible. Oh, a Sony Vio laptop. I promised I'd uh, tell you about this one. I've got enough time. Yeah. Finished at 6pm. Fancy a new laptop in today's How Low Revoice auction? It can be yours. It's even a reverse auction. I don't know. Well, they've turned the lights off now over the road. Uh, packed with great features, still small and light enough to carry around town. If, like most people, you'd use it to store your photos and music, this is the one for you. 250 gigabytes of hard drive. Great for surfing the net, keeping in touch by email. You can log on anywhere that's got Wi-Fi. All right. So, lowest unique bid will win. The lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. You've got to work out how low you think this will go. It might go for, say, pound twenty-eight. They never go for that high. Just supposing you want to go for one twenty-eight, you text LBC on your Moby. And then you do one two eight. If that's what, don't don't go for it because I've just come up with that. And then send that to treble eight two one. So LBC, then your bid in pence, and then eight 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 two one is where you send it to. The bid will cost one pound fifty plus your standard network rate. Lines close at six pm today. You must be over sixteen. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. Good luck because it's it's quite nice. I'll remind you about that in the next part of the program. Sounds lovely, doesn't it? Let's see what else we're uh, we're all talking about today. Uh, I was sent a, a barbecue set. What did you receive? I didn't get anything at all, actually. This was on the uh, the Sunday Mail. I, I tell you what, I, oh, I must have mentioned something the other day. I had to write out my, my tax cheque the other day, because it has to be in before the end of the month. You saw, and as your hand, sh- I'm trying to write it, you know, it was really neat and everything else. And I spoke to my, uh, my private banker the other day, and she said, oh, I'll just let you know, this is how much you've got in your current account, this is how much is in your tax account now, even after we've uh, written out the cheque. Oh, and by the way, they've already put it through. I said, but I only wrote it out two days ago. She said, they don't hang around at the Inland Revenue Office. So consequently, you write out the cheque two days later, whoo, it's whizzed through your account. Luckily, I'm, I'm quite a good person. In fact, I'm very good. Used to be terrible, but I'm very, very good now. I actually save money at the end of each month to put into my tax account. Because otherwise, you get this nasty situation where the tax man goes, right, I'd like this money. You've earned it. I want it. And you're like, oh, I haven't got it. I've spent it. Well, it's your problem, isn't it? And the tax man sort of comes down quite heavy on people. And you end up paying for it over the year. So, luckily... I'm actually quite good. Never used to be, but I am, I am better. I have a good friend who says, oh, we've got a break, break. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, dear. 
This is LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. 28 minutes to six. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. We say what everybody else thinks. And they all go, oh, my God, I can't believe you've said that. I can't believe it, but you're so right. Dom says, I wonder what happened to Greg Scott, the presenter of that dreadful Quizmania. He slagged you off live on air and said you worked on a local London radio station. I know, but of course, the, the thing is, Dom, at least I'm working. I don't actually think poor old Greg, and we did check his website, and uh, bless his heart, he's still promoting this tacky presentation. He used to do these dreadful, this quiz mania. Luckily, all these things have died now. In fact, it was so bad the other night, I was flicking through and I was getting ready to come in, and there was a quiz show on, you know, where they sort of complete the word off, you know, so-and-so travel, and all this kind of stuff. And it says at the bottom how many calls they'd had in the last five minutes. And on this one, it said, in the last five minutes, we've had five calls. And I thought, because you're a rip-off, that's why. And Greg Scott, this inane idiot, this buffoon, we just checked his website. Luckily, he's, he's done really well with the amount of hits. 553. <laughs> I don't know where he's working at the moment. I don't know, probably stacking shelves somewhere. They didn't actually tell us what he was doing. Uh, 84850. Did you know that yesterday, says Lucy, James Whale spent the entire show telling us how attractive and well-dressed he is? He is absolutely very, very well-dressed. And he spent several hours telling, not your fault, Poppet. It's a bit of a shame. Actually, oh, you wouldn't like to hear what he says about you. God, dear, you don't want to hear what he says about you. And actually, uh, we were only out for lunch the other day. So, uh, so, A, you're a compulsive liar. B, probably ill. C, probably not really all there, are you, in the head? Doesn't matter, actually. Doesn't matter. I mean, why would you want to write something like that? Unless you are a bit screwed up. I'm sorry you're lonely. I'm sorry you don't have a partner to share life with. I'm really sorry. And hopefully we will find somebody. Oh, sorry, I've dribbled there. <laughs> That'll be familiar. Headline forecast from Hakea. Oh, it is Hakea today. How strange. Perhaps he must have wandered in a bit late. Uh, mostly dry with a few scattered showers, so take an umbrella. For all those people in Putney, because yesterday, I mean, you've never seen anything so stupid. All you've got to do is check, turn on the radio before you go out, and at some point, in fact, on this programme, four times an hour, we'll tell you what the weather is going to be. We will tell you. We'll tell you what the travel is. And so we get to Putney Station. You get little groups of people on Putney Station. And they stand there. And they wait. They're, they're standing opposite the doors. And it's ever so funny. So they're standing opposite the doors. And they're waiting. Of course, it was tipping down yesterday. I'm sitting there thinking, I've got an umbrella. And these people will stand there. Men, who obviously work in the city or do something. No jackets, just shirts carrying a little bag and no umbrella. You think, you've got enough room to put a little umbrella in there. Why didn't you do it? And they were getting absolutely drenched. So I'm waving at them through the window. Suckers! I love people like that. I just love them. They do make me laugh. 84850, Steve at LBC. Gordon says, set up a rogues gallery. We've had one for 30 years, Gordon. If you're not careful, you're going in it as well. Because we don't... It's just... I mean, honestly, it's the same boring old people, isn't it? I mean, you know, nobody who's interested in Colleen Nolan... The only people who were interested in her at one time were Shane, Ritchie, and that was about it. And you know how exciting he is. And Jordan, you know, I mean, if people want to sleep with Jordan, that's their business. I couldn't care less, frankly. I couldn't care less. But I'm going to whiz through some of the stories that we highlighted in, in the papers earlier on. It turns out that the girl that Simon Cowell was all over at his party is... And she's now on the front page of all the papers because she's a makeup girl. She was the one who did Susan Boyle's makeup. Her family came from Afghanistan. They had to trek through the hills. They were shot at, all this kind of stuff. So it's a good story. So no doubt she's now famous, but she's gone back to America. Uh, and guess who's quitting the bill to go into Dancing on Ice? Yes, Gary Lucy. 
is so desperate to further his career that he thinks going into Dancing on Ice is a lot better than being a proper actor. I suppose it is for Gary Lucy. He's about as big as a mannequin. Have you ever seen Gary Lucy? He's tiny. He's t- I stood next to him something. He was at the Blue concert. And, uh, and I looked... At, I th- first of all, I didn't see him. Because I happened to look over the top of it. And somebody went, oh, it's Gary Lucy. I went, oh, right, good Lord, he's tiny, isn't he? Bit of a shame. But uh, he's actually going to go back and he's prepared to sort of change out of the blue uniform into pink sequins. <laughs> Couldn't possibly comment after that. <laughs> Couldn't comment at all. Um... Here we go. This is, uh... Oh, I'm bored with Susan Boyle. Let's move away from Susan. I couldn't care less about her. Here's this former glamour model. My God, dear, I tell you what, they must have done you up. You, perhaps it was in the days where glamour models really weren't glamorous. Perhaps it was just a joke. You're a glamour model, are you? My God, dear. You look as though... Well, anyway, she just, she just wasn't glamorous. That's all I could tell you. Uh, the uh, French president, Nicolas Sarkozy. People are saying, don't jog. Never see happy joggers. They always look miserable, don't they, joggers? <sighs> You know, they've got the little iPod, listening to their music, but they're never dancing in time to it. And I love this story. A close bond of 50 years, as strong as ever. They've got a picture of uh, a group of people here. One, two, three, four couples. Four couples in 1959. In 2009, they're still all friends. And they're still all together. And it's fantastic. It really is good. It's really nice to see this. In 1959, a pint of milk was 3.3 pence. That's threepence, that's old money. Now, 45 pence. An engagement ring was £249. Now, that was an awful lot of money then, when you consider a first-class stamp was tuppence, a pint of milk, oh, sorry, a loaf of bread was four and a half pence, 4.5 pence, and the Daily Mirror was 2.5 pence. Surprised we su- I'm surprised we made it through. I've oh, got another picture of Drew. Is somebody paying to get Sarah Harding into the papers? How to stretch no talent whatsoever into something? She's apparently... Uh, in the St Trinians 2, The Legend of Fritton's Gold. Unfortunately, she doesn't have one of these major... She's a bit Jennifer Ellison. Loads of pictures, but no bloody talent whatsoever, I'm afraid. Uh, it's Glorious Goodwood. I don't know how we did in the racing. Little bit later on. And then... Oh, I'll tell you, there's... Uh, I got me my Columbo delivered today. I'm very happy. The tenth season, volume two. In this one, it's got Ed Begley Jr. and Billy Connolly. I love Columbo, but I've, I've, as I've watched all of them... I've watched him ageing over the years, and he's, he's got older and older and older. But he's still good. It was fantastic. Uh, eight for it. Jason says, whatever you said, you were dumped. Your producer hit the dump button. What did you push the button on? What did you push the button on? She'll have to tell me. Of course you can. Of course you can, because she's not identifiable. Absolutely. She's not identical. Unless, of course, you're believing that that person is, is right. You think you didn't think that was mentally ill. I thought she was mentally ill. I'm going to stand by that. She's, she's mentally ill. I think she's mentally ill. There you go. She's abs- I'll guarantee she's mentally ill. <laughs> In fact, I know she's mentally ill. There you go. How about that one? <laughs> because you don't know who she is. Do you know who she is? There you go. Do you know who she is? Do you know who she is? No. Well done, Jason. Any more of those, just let me know. Oh, and Dom says as well, thank you for that. Thank you. Just let me know if ever that happens again, OK? Because I like to know if, if people, you know, if I've, if I've uh, gone over. And so you will tell me every single time. So there we go. That's two very quickly. We're better do that one again, will you? Uh, three days to go, says Johnny. Can LBC... Oh, he's on holiday. Can LBC send me highlights of your show via carrier pigeon? No guarantee we won't eat the bird. So just remember, hear anything where there's a little, you hear the little thing and you know it's been dumped, you write in and let me know, okay? And then we'll go back. 
and we, sh- we shall find it again. All right. Daily Star this morning. Uh, Michael Jackson was left to die alone. Oh, Christ, who cares? He's going to be buried, apparently. One of them, uh, was it Tito? You can't shut the family up, can you? Tito said um, uh, that he's going to be, he's at Forest Lawn. I thought, well, you're a bit out of touch, matey. We know he's at Forest Lawn. He's in Berry Gordy's crypt. Where did you think he was? He's down there, packed in ice. We know that, because Forest Lawn told us. And Tito thought he was being really clever. But, uh, no, he's at Forest Lawn. About time the family buried the poor soul. Make it an awful lot easier, I think. Uh, Doctor Who babe, Billy Piper. God, babe, I don't think so. I mean, oh, babe, sorry, babe as in babe the pig, the programme, the film. I mean, I don't think she's that much of a babe at all. She is if she's airbrushed. If she's not, she just looks like another chubby teenager who was, this one was married, though, to, um, what's his name? Chris Evans. That was like, she was accused of using boob power to win a Top Gear race. Christ. And uh, Camp Funny Man, but unfortunately with no audience at all, Alan Carr, wants Susan Boyle as his new sidekick. Alan claims to sign up the Britain's Got Talent star because he reckons they could become the new queens of daytime television. Well, your show's died on its proverbial, Alan, hasn't it? No ratings. In fact, uh, we're here being pulled very shortly. He said, now that Richard and Judy have con, it could be Alan and Subo. It's no good trying to cling on to somebody else's uh, skirt tails, I'm afraid, Alan, because your own career's bottomed out. And it really has. The programme's dire, slagged by everybody. Absolutely slagged by everybody, I'm afraid. Uh, Russell Crowe walked into a charity shop and gave a donation. It was nice, wasn't it? About time. Because he's always uh, doing generous things like that. And uh, doctors are now going to play God in deciding which swine flu victims to save under a doomsday scenario. Lovely. I like the idea that the bloke who invented Tamiflu is making a load of money. I think people should be rewarded for, for coming up with these sort of things. I think so. More on this glamour model. Oh, dear, you are rough looking, aren't you, you poor old soul? And, um... And they've brought out a new T-shirt for men to make it look as if you've actually got a six-pack. This'll be about as exciting as the tights the other day, or the pants that apparently get rid of cellulite. Very unlikely. In the Big Brother house, if anybody's watching, the one to vote out this week is Neurin, a foul mouth. Well, I've never heard such language. Every other word is the F word. And now she's very friendly with Siavash, but she's tried it on with just about everybody. So, uh, that's there. Unfortunately, you've got Dreary B. I've got no idea who she is, but she's coming up with the biggest pile of garbage. Rodrigo's getting camper by the day and still clinging around on uh, Charlie's coattails. Freddie's OK. Uh, David, another northern puff, I'm afraid, which we're a bit bored with. And somebody called Hira. And I don't know who she is, and I don't even know if she's in the programme, but, but she's in... You know, all these people, they sort of... They put a load of people in the Big Brother house, and then we all sit there and go, who are they? And I've decided it really depends on what the producers want to show you. It depends what they want to show you on, on television. So, in other words, if they're veering towards a certain person... I mean, at the moment, they're, they're showing you Noreen, but she's irritating and really tacky, very tacky. I'm a, bit, a little bit worried about how, how tacky she is, but I think you could vote her out this week, or Marcus. Now, presumably, the majority of the blokes will vote out Marcus... But the majority of the women will vote out Noreen just because she's awful. Just because she's awful. Bob Stewart is the paper reviewer this morning. Uh, after the news at eight. It's Andrew Pierce this morning, as you know. Vince Cable's on again. Is it the Vince Cable show? Vince Cable's on again. But the third time. Can somebody please ask him why he's not concerned about what's going on on the riverside in Twickenham? This is where he is the MP. He is the MP for Twickenham, I thought, but he seems to have sort of just uh, shunned us to one side. He doesn't really care about us anymore. Mind you, we vote him in, we can vote him out, I suppose. Andrew Gilligan is talking about local councils providing so many free newspapers. 
Now, is this council's free newspapers? Because we don't get any round... Well, if we do, I never see them. But we do get the local informer. And we get th- which I think runs for everybody. Everybody gets the informer and they put local stories in. And we get all sorts of strange, uh, strange things through the letterboxes. But I don't remember getting any free newspapers from the local council. I shall have to check a bit more. But Andrew is talking about Alistair Darling's alleged grilling of Britain's bank bosses for overcharging on loans. A bit like, as they say, in the wind. What do you reckon? Quarter to six is the time. News headlines, Ministry of Defence is going to the appeal court later to try to cut the compensation it has to pay to two injured British soldiers. The servicemen both suffered complications after being hurt in separate incidents. It's claimed MPs have introduced new rules allowing them to claim £25 a night without producing a receipt. The Commons says the move appears to have been approved without any debate in the Commons. Companies have been invited to bid for a contract to upgrade signals on the Circle District Metropolitan and Hammersmith and City Lines. When it's done, it should boost capacity by 40%. And postal workers are due to stage more walkouts today in a worsening dispute over jobs, pay and services. Members of the Communication Workers' Union took industrial action on Saturday. They said there'd be more strikes across London this week. Let's have a check on the uh, roads for you this morning. Get it there nice and quick. Hugh Broom. Thank you very much, Steve. Good morning. Blackwall Tunnel reopens southbound now after the... Not 13 minutes to six. It's not... Go and get the coffee. Sony Vio laptop today. Your chance to win it by 6pm. Details earlier on. And uh, from Corin and Tony, they uh, all went down with Peter and Jan. They had a dreadful journey to, uh, to Twickenham. Thunder, lightning and traffic at a near standstill. Ghastly weather, wasn't it? I seem to remember it. It was particularly bad. But uh, they were able to do most of the tour into popping into various coffee shops. Jan and I went to meet Mr Modi. A very charming gentleman. He said you make him feel very proud. And by the way, the Christmas trees over the fish shop have gone. Have you noticed? Do you know, I hadn't actually. I'm just so used to seeing them there every day. We've got roadworks in Twickenham at the moment. What they're doing, I've got no idea. What they're doing, I mean, they just, I'm sure the council go, I'll tell you what we'll do. Let's just dig up the road, shall we? Should we just dig up the road today? Because we've got to spend some money. And so they just start digging up the road. No, because I've never seen anybody actually working on it. Jan loved the statues at York House. Because I went with my art class, says uh, Corin, to paint them some years ago. Many of the water nymphs had lost their fingers, but you'll be delighted to know, and you saw, that they've, they've replaced them. And they've done it quite... The trouble is, the water is not coming out of the statue at York House at the rate it should be. It should be coming out at a faster rate, because it's just encouraging algae and, and stuff like that. Uh, they did go past the Odeon Cinema, now a luxury block of flats, and um, Scott of the Antarctic, she saw there in a school outing. Good grief. Good grief. Uh, went back to Sandhurst and as a special treat made pigs of ourselves with fish and chips and sat talking and reminiscing until quite late. Jan and Peter want to do it all over again and visit the places we didn't manage to see this time. <laughs> this is the... Tr- I think very shortly they're actually going to be doing coach tours of Twickenham. I think you could be doing coach tours of Twickenham just to make it interesting. Uh, Paul in Highgate says, I like Alan Carr, but the TV show is atrocious. It's like car crash television. It's just not good. I think we've had enough of, of that sort of, you know, if, if in doubt, do a chat show. If in doubt, do a chat show on the television. That's all it is now, isn't it? It's a chat show. People think, oh, I'll tell you what, I'll try and reinvent the chat show. The trouble is you cannot reinvent the chat show. It's just not possible. Because one chat show is the same as the other. You get people in, you get them in because they're plugging something. They're either plugging a book, a film, a play, an art exhibition, or they're hang gliding over the Arctic. They're they're doing something. They're in there for a reason. It's generally plugging. That's what chat shows do. So they invite... You never get people on if they're not plugging things. Because the reason is, why would they need to go on there? 
unless they're particularly good at being a raconteur and they're particularly good at telling stories. For example, the BBC, and in Parky in particular, would always put Kenneth Williams on for the simple reason that Kenneth Williams, even though he didn't have anything to plug, was great as a guest. He would actually come on and he could entertain. They'd say to him, listen, 10, 15 minutes? And he would just do 10, 15, and he'd be very good at it. But nowadays, there aren't enough people. They can only go and plug something. And when you look through, and I look through the Frank Skinner lineup of, of guests on there, and you've got people like Girls Aloud and Westlife, they've not actually been around long enough to talk about anything. And Alan Carr's had some people on there. But the trouble is, it's Alan Carr's show. And that's, that's the difference. And that's why it doesn't work. And I think he only works when he was with... Because the other one's show never worked either. The other guy, Justin's show never worked. So both of them, together... It obviously worked, although I couldn't bear it. But singly, it died, I'm afraid. Dee says, I wish they'd bury Michael Jackson. It's macabre leaving it all this time. I don't think anything will happen to the doctor that gave the drugs either. I mean, I, I agree. I wish they'd hurry up and bury him. I don't know why they've wasted so much time with, with Michael Jackson. He's still sitting there. I don't know, I don't, or lying there. I don't know what we're, we're sort of wasting time on. All you've got to do is bury the poor bloke. Oh, you're also paying for migrants to go home. This is in all the papers today. The plan is called the Global Calais Scheme. And the idea is that for each person in Calais at the moment, they're going to give them £1,700 and a free flight home. I feel like going over to Calais myself now, actually, and sitting there waiting to get the £1,700. It's, I mean, it's a fortune to most of these people, isn't it? An absolute fortune. We're going to give you what is probably roughly equivalent to about a year's money. And so all these... Uh, it's going to be funded by the British taxpayer through the International Organisation for Migration, which has been contracted by the Home Office to implement the project. I've got no idea why. All these people will just go there. Thank you very much indeed. Take the £1,700, go back to wherever it is, and then go back to Calais again. Just go back as a different person, and then sort of take, take your £1,700. Seems fair enough, doesn't it? Apparently, 30 minutes of exercise can save your life. Won't necessarily help you lose weight, I'm afraid. Uh, Joanna... Lumley. She met a man the other day who had walked, I think, for 18 hours through the night to meet her. She's now being called the daughter of Nepal. She'll probably end up living over there, I should imagine. But uh, it's, it's lovely to see some of these people. I told you before that they always have an advert running in Country Life to actually fund the Gurkhas. Some of these people hardly get any money at all, and they have to trek for days to go and get it. And they always have an advert which has got uh, a father, I think it's a father and son, but they both look as old as each other, because over in Nepal, people look their age. It's only over here where you've got face... Send them oil of Yule, and everybody will start looking completely different. But at the moment, all the, the Gurkhas look exactly the same. But they trek, I think, for something like three days there and three days back just to pick up what little money the British government give them, having sort of disposed of them. You know, people think you could just fob them off with a, with a little bit of money. But luckily, with people like uh, Joanna Lumley to sort of kick them where it hurts, it kind of embarrassed them, so they've had to backtrack on it. I feel immensely sorry for Helen Anderson. Helen Anderson went on a diet of, wait for this, soup and water. Well, as most soup is water anyway. Uh, 14 weeks, she was dead. She dropped from 15 stone to nine stone two pounds. Six stone she lost in two weeks. Now, you know that what you're supposed to lose is around about two pounds a week. That's on a properly medically controlled diet. Two pounds a week is what they say. So any more than that, and it becomes a little bit dangerous. So she lost six stone in 14 weeks. Um, 
They say she'd put on a few pounds because of medication she was taking and decided to lose weight. She used slimming pills to speed up the weight loss and then just carried on eating soup with water. You cannot exist on soup and water. No such thing as an easy fix, as Natalie Cassidy has discovered, because you're going to put the weight on. And you're going to put the weight on, unfortunately, very quickly. Because people think, oh, great, what you've got to do is educate your stomach. If you don't educate your stomach, it's never going to change. So that's why people do these, these, quick, these quick fixes. So in three months, they can actually get themselves uh, down to a reasonable weight. And then they make the fitness video. After they've done that, they think, oh, I better go out and eat tonight or drink or whatever. And back the weight goes on, which is a bit of a shame. Uh, Trevor Bayliss a well-known Twickenham resident, has launched uh, an impassioned attack on Dragon's Den, claiming it mocks bullies and demeans people like him. Because you remember the trouble that he had to actually get his uh, wind-up radio going and people weren't interested. And yet you go on to Dragon's Den, and I've seen them on there. I've watched these people who are quite clearly so egotistical. They make, um, they make Shane Ritchie look almost normal. And they just want to be on television themselves. I've noticed the woman on there, whose name escapes me, and, uh, thank God, to never invest any money at all. She just sits there, looking miserable as sin. Apparently she's very successful, as indeed they all are, but all they want is something to make them even richer. And for this, the BBC kind of encourage it. I've got no idea why. More on the, uh, the bigamist wife. And do you remember the teenager who phoned up the White House in a drunken prank and claimed there was, was a, a bomb in there, has been spared jail? Apparently, Thomas Hutchinson sparked an international terrorism investigation after making the call at a barbecue. Uh, he was ordered to do 250 hours unpaid work and £70 cost. Why can't we jail him? Why can't we jail him? It seems absolutely ludicrous. Because all it does, it sends out the message to everybody else. Don't worry, you can get away with that. All you've got to do is actually go out there and uh, you can do anything you like, really. Crime pays in this country. Because I bet you, by the time we get to Sunday, the bigamist wife will have sold her story and, uh, and she'll be posing topless for pictures again. By the way, if you really want to worry today and if you've got a phobia... Uh, about wasps. You're going to get an invasion of them this week, I'm afraid. Uh, in the final week of July last year, the wasp and hornet claims increased to 205 compared to the summer weekly average of only 106. There's something about this chemical. Never kill a hornet near its nest. So, to be honest with you, I can't actually tell the difference between hornets and wasps and anything. I don't like anything like that. I avoid them like the plague because I'm sure they sense fear. But apparently, if you kill a hornet near its nest, and a colony can hold, they say, 700. Well, we've we had a few wasps' nests, and I think they're, they're in, the, uh, in the hundreds. They say what it does is release a distress chemical that could trigger an attack from the entire colony. <gasps> and the one thing you don't want is uh, anaphylactic shock which can be fatal. Some people are absolutely, you know, they've, they've got a, a dread fear about wasps, or at least bees are actually OK, because a bee will only sting you unless it's, if it's really provoked, whereas wasps are just nasty, nasty little things. Uh, Steve, uh, I have an iPhone application with webcams from all over the world, and there's one showing Twickenham High Street pointing at Specsavers. How odd is that? I think that's very odd. Very odd, actually. Barbara says, when is Michael Jackson's family going to stop making money out of him? He was their gravy train when he was alive and nothing seems to have changed now that he's dead. Oh, no, believe you me, it's changed completely. The odd thing is that the children appear to be living with Janet Jackson. And I was thinking, now, Janet Jackson could walk on a bus and nobody would notice her at all because she's just totally, you know, pfft, who cares? Janet Jackson, big deal. Whereas the kids, when they went out before with Michael, had security round them. They were treated completely differently. Now... It's all turned around, and they've just become ordinary kids. 
I mean, living with Janet Jackson, although she's desperate to try and resurrect her career. Women police officers are in the paper today. They're going to be issued with headscarves to improve relations with Muslim communities. Apparently, it means that they can then go into places of worship, uh, like mosques and things like that, so that uh, nobody will be offended. God, it's so easy to offend people nowadays, isn't it? It's just ridiculous. It's like, I remember they, they said a short while ago, they've had to build a mosque in, inside one of the prisons. I don't realise there were so many crooked Muslims who were going into prison at the moment. But apparently so, because they've said, no, we want this, and, you know, we want that. And now they've got to wear headscarves. A mamby-pamby nation we must be. News coming up very, very shortly. Other side of that, we'll take more of your texts and emails. And there's a, a lovely interview with Jeff Hordley. Uh, he plays Kane Dingle in Emmerdale. And he's got Crohn's. So, of course, we talked about Crohn's last week on the programme because they had that uh, 10 kilometre walk for Crohn's. And hopefully they made an awful lot of money. So uh, that interview today is inside the Express. Crohn's will never keep me out of the limelight. Can't stand his character. I think he's a horrible, horrible person. But uh, good for him for, for speaking out about a disease that nobody ever talks about. It's LBC. If I... Morning, everybody. Seven minutes past six, Tuesday morning. What will male policemen be issued with if you're going to have to issue things for all female policemen? I don't know. Probably nothing at all, I should imagine. Uh, Neil and Croydon says, I ran over a wasp's nest when cutting grass. A swarm tried to attack me, so I ran to the site office and the wasps were hovering. They do hover, don't they? We've had a, we've had a, a few wasps' nests cut down because you can always spot where they are. They generally go under the eaves of buildings or garages, something like that. And uh, this time of year, particularly... Particularly, they're, uh, they're virulent and they're out there at the moment and there's going to be lots of people complaining, I'm afraid, about... Uh, especially if you're, if you're allergic to them, and that can be the worst thing. Uh, can you shout out loud to all those who dream of being lean via rapid weight loss? Forget, says Johnny, the quick-fix magic pill, celebs who do slimming shows, it's a lifestyle. Constant journey of eating clean six days a week, then one day of junk or moderate drinking and exercise. When experienced, you can turn it up a notch. Boring but true. And remember, all those fitness mags do major airbrushing and are, in fact, catalogues to sell you something. Johnny is fairly fit and married to a personal trainer who is snoring at the moment. Obviously quite, quite personal, I should imagine. I must thank, uh, as usual, it's uh, Paul and uh, Reiner, because there's more from uh, Hinge and Bracket, the specials, volume six. Good day to you, Tiddly Poms. Actually, do you know, strange enough, I went on to YouTube yesterday and there was uh, Hinge and Bracket on uh, at the City Varieties Leeds. So I wanted to go and check on Danny LaRue just to remind myself how brilliant he was. And he's up there as well on City Variety Leads. And Hinch and Brackett were there. <laughs> just absolutely wonderful. Matthew Goldsmith, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Matthew sent me in a free CD, which is quite nice. Actually, strange enough, it's the Swingle Singers. And I know all about the Swingle Singers because I've got loads of their CDs. He says, my daughter, Joanna, is both soprano and musical director. He says, I know you love music and I'm a fan of your show, particularly on Sunday. So uh, you can get the tracks transferred to your iPod. Thank you very much indeed. And I will do so, Matthew Goldsmith. Thank you very much indeed. And Paul and Reiner as well, who says, Has Jackie Gill sent you any free Hinch and Bracket stuff yet? No, it's obviously, uh, obviously far too valuable. Far too valuable. Although today we'll be doing Matthew Kelly uh, and uh, talking to him, uh, because he's down at the Rose Theatre. So that looks promising. I think he's doing um, Cressida. I think, Troilus and Cressida. So we'll find out later on what he's doing, and then you'll hear the results this coming Sunday on In Conversation. How do you do air kissing? The Daily Mail asked the question today. How you do air kissing? I thought everybody in show business did air kissing. Uh, unfortunately, you do wish Lembit Opic, that complete prat of an MP, because he doesn't have millions in the bank, and they go, how does he attract the girls? 
Well, it's quite simple, because they want to be famous. So if they hang around with him, he gets him in the papers. Remember that ghastly, cheeky girl, Gabriella? And now he's got an underwear model, Katie Green. Well, up until her going out with Lembid Opic, nobody had ever heard of her. Poor soul. He's 190, she's about five. Oh, no, she's 21, I beg your pardon. And uh, she's his latest girlfriend. Obviously, you get some girls who just hang around with anybody. It's their sort of, it's their passport to fame. And uh, she left the Wonderbra campaign and signed up to the Ultimo brand after refusing to cave into pressure to lose weight. To be honest, she doesn't look as though she needs to lose weight. But she says, I've always liked an old man. It's refreshing that he sees me as intelligent. Probably a bloody surprise, I should imagine, dear, because most people see uh, models as being a bit dim and bimboish. But you know he likes going out to nightclubs. But he's a bit geeky. If, I, if he was my MP, I'd have had him voted out by now because I prefer people to actually devote themselves to being an MP which is why it'll be so interesting to hear Vince Cable on breakfast this morning. More on every single paper today has done Emily Horne. This is the bigamist who used to be a glamour model. She's very sorry for the pain she's caused. She hasn't been uh, put in prison, and yet she married five times. Didn't divorce, she just kept, kept getting married. As I say, you, you have to look at her and think, what was it about these geeky men that she attracted? Apparently... Her mental state was affected by the death of her sister when she was 18. And she's now, what is she, 30. 30. But she's now said, oh, I think I want to get married again. I quite clearly learnt nothing by this. Absolutely nothing. OK, you've been in the high street recently? Where's the best place to go? Poundland. Poundland. Apparently, customers are deserting their old consumer stomping grounds and heading off to Poundland. Mainly because you can't believe so much tat can be in one place that becomes interesting because it's only a pound. From plastic Buddhas, pink fluffy gloves and crisps that all look like Gary Lineker's ears. Everything for a quid. They've got more foreign food in Poundland than anywhere else. You, I mean, down my way, we don't have Poundland. We've got the, the 99p shop. Very short, it'll be 50p. They must buy in bulk. They must buy in bulk and they must sell it so they do eggs. I think you can buy 24 eggs for 99p. Whatever it is, it's cheap. So you get people go there. I mean, they've got uh, chocolate bars, four for a pound. Things like, I mean, everything in there. If, if you're looking for books that kids colour in, you're going to go to one of these pound shops because you can buy a pack of them for a quid. If you're looking for jiffy bags, you're not going to go and buy them from the normal place where you go and buy You go to a pound land because they're cheap. Everything is cheap. Everything, you don't need to ask the price. It's a pound or it's 99p. It's, it's just, it is fantastic. For some of the rubbish that they sell, I mean, I end up going in with bags of the stuff. You cannot beat it. It's absolutely fantastic. I, th I wish you could beat broadband. They're saying in the paper today, in fact, most of the papers are saying that the top broadband speeds claimed by internet service providers are not achieved by any of them. In other words, Ofcom have said that none of these people have achieved their boasts and hardly any got close. The disclosed prompted calls for an inquiry into the way internet packages are sold. I mean, because you, you do pay a small fortune for the faster broadband speed that you want, but it turns out you're actually paying for a load of old rubbish. A load of old rubbish, I'm afraid. I did hear this story in the paper. I must mention it again, because I've only just discovered that it's a doctor. This was a man who was walking uh, alongside Green Park, a two-minute walk from the Queen's residence. Two men laid into him. He's a medical doctor. He'd been out with friends in Piccadilly. The assault happened at 4am near the Ritz Hotel. Um, he's Asian, 
although they say they're not treating this as racially motivated. To be honest with you, I've driven through that area at about that time of the morning. There's some very rough clubs around there with people standing around on the pavement, girls sprawled in the road. I mean, it's, it's, it's a rough old area. You'd think it'd be quite nice around the Ritz. Go about 50 feet down the road and uh, it's all of the pond life that you can possibly think of. It's, ab- it's absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. Talking of terrible, there's a poor girl here. This is a recovering anorexic. Uh, her name is Jessica Bennington. She weighed four and a half stone. She's now seven stone, but she still looks anorexic, it has to be said. Uh, she claims that a, a gym allowed her to join, despite the fact she weighed just four and a half stone. Uh, she claims that the gym risked her life by giving her membership because her illness meant she didn't have the mental capacity to make a balanced judgment. Doctors later told her she was so ill that had she stepped onto a treadmill, she would almost certainly have had a heart attack. She had been turned away from another gym for being too thin. So, in other words, what she does, she goes to one gym, she gets turned away because she's too thin, so she tries to find another one that will let her in. So she finds another one, then because they let her join, she decides to sue them. I'm kind of seeing a bit of a pattern emerging here, I'm afraid. I mean, she was a compulsive exerciser at the age of 15, but, I mean, she is thin, but people who are anorexic don't see that they're thin. They probably see themselves as fat. But, you know, the clue would be you weigh four and a half stone. Most people say, all right, you can join the gym before we let you do anything. We're going to give you a, an assessment. But I don't think the answer is suing, because that's what people do nowadays, don't they? People just go, oh, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to sue. There's another story, and I think it's a, it's a footballer. And I'll tell you about him in a moment, because his name is Jermaine Defoe. He's another one who's thinking of suing the police. What for? We'll tell you in a moment. LBC 97.3. It's it's 10.3. So Jermaine Defoe is out uh, driving, and the police pull him over, because on their computer, it had uh, a speeding ban on there, and it says that he was disqualified. They didn't have the update. Unfortunately, his lawyer, Nick Freeman, you know Nick Freeman because he features uh, in all these high-profile cases, says, I've told him that he has a strong case for wrongful arrest and false imprisonment. Five hours they kept him in because their computer hadn't been updated. So he was locked in a cell after the police finally admitted he'd not been driving whilst disqualified. So his lawyer, Nick Freeman, I mean, he's going to he's have to gonna take them to court, isn't he, for the simple reason that he's going to have to pay Nick Freeman, who didn't come cheap. Mr Defoe is feeling pretty aggrieved, uh, but he did maintain his dignity and remained calm. He missed catching a flight to China with his Tottenham teammates because of the blunder. It took off just half an hour after he was released. He had to get a later flight, you know, which they can do. These footballers don't exactly have to work that hard, do they? And they say here he was incarcerated like a common criminal. So, of course, for that, read about an extra 20,000 quid on top of the compensation, which he'll probably get. Mind you, the compensation I'd like is when you go out and you buy a sandwich and it's got British chicken. And you think, oh, that sounds nice. That must be chicken that's from here, isn't it? No, not a bit of it. This is the provenance of food when you're shopping. You've got no idea where your food comes from. It might say British chicken. Sadly, it could have come from Thailand. The reason it can come from Thailand is because processed meat, like pies, sausages and burgers, can be labelled as a product of the country from the last place where they've had substantial change. So, in other words, a burger can come into the country from, say, Brazil or wherever it happens to be. Because it's spent time here, it becomes British. So chicken can be flown in from Thailand, where we've no knowledge of how it's reared, put in a British bread, and voila, it's British. Beef is actually a little bit better. 
If a product says it has British beef but contains beef from another country, that's illegal. So that's good news, isn't it? I'm not too sure about eating chicken. I mean, chicken is just unbelievably cheap nowadays. I mean, chicken, chicken marketing sounds pretty clever. Hugh Broom says the red tractor sign will mean it's British. I don't think you get the red tractor sign on a sandwich, though, do you? You go out and buy a sandwich. Don't ever buy sandwiches from corner shops or garages because they're the cheap ones, and they're the ones that were exposed on the television as being made in these factories where they seem to drop the food on the floor, and then they pick it up and put it back in there, and you think to yourself, I don't think the high... That's why they're cheap. And unfortunately, salesmen, people getting in cars, you know, they, they actually sit on the shelf. They're not even, you know, kept at the right temperature. So don't ever... That's my advice. I mean, some of them, you, you can see this condensation inside the actual packaging. They're cheap, crap food. You should never, ever buy it. It's like all these sort of chicken shops that spring up all over the place, you know, and they've got names like Happy Chicken or, you know, Cultivated Chicken or this sort of chicken. It's cheap, crap chicken, let me tell you. You're not buying good quality food. You're buying bad food. And that's why they've done a report in the paper today to say that poor people are more likely to get diabetes because they're eating chronically cheap rubbish food. I've only got to go around Twickenham. I can, I can point out the right place. I can name one place in Twickenham where the chicken is so bad, is so bad, that if they haven't used it within a short space of time, it produces maggots. I mean, it's that bad. And the local council, useless. Useless. I mean, absolutely, appallingly useless. For some... I mean, I don't know how these things work. You think you complain about someone and go, listen, have you smelt these bins? This is food that is rotting in here. Can you do anything about it? Mm, smells all right to us. That's what you get from them. Seriously. It's, it's that bad. So you can imagine some of these areas where they've got a council who really don't bother and where people are on backhanders, and believe you me, there must be people on backhanders in councils, the length and breadth of the land, because you're constantly reading about corrupt councillors. And they're all there. And these, these places open up. The standards of hygiene are completely different to maybe what you'd be used to at home. Donuts, interestingly enough, with nutritious claims on their labels, Oxford University has calculated that only 7% of our grub would be forbidden from boasting such health claims. They actually say donuts healthy for you. Do you remember when they said a short while ago, Jaffa cakes, mmm, hardly any fat content. How fantastic. In fact, make it as part of your diet every day. Eat Jaffa cakes. What a load of old rubbish. I mean, there should be traffic lights on each thing. If it's got a red traffic light, don't touch it. It's, it's, it's that bad. Although, strangely enough, people have asked about the traffic light labelling. Asda and M&S, I think, already do it, which reckons 97% of the respondents were able to correctly identify and compare levels of nutrients in different foods via the system. I mean, it is worrying. If you're a fit person, you're going to be really looking after the food that you eat. But most people just go out there. How much is it? It's cheap. I mean, I've, I've said you, I've, I've passed this, this chicken shop in, uh, in Richmond, and they've got on the window, I think it's something like... Five chicken strips, a drink, and a portion of chips, and it's under two pounds. Now, you know who it's appealing to. It's appealing to school children who are going, Mummy, get all that for two quid. The fact that it's absolute awful food, it's cheap chicken. Do you remember there was a place? Oh, they had a dreadful thing on the television. It made, made me very susceptible, very sceptical of eating out in certain restaurants who would buy this kind of food. And they came round, and what they were doing, it was chicken that had been condemned. And they put it on the television, and it came from Ireland, this particular lot, from a slaughterhouse, and it was chicken that was unfit for human consumption. So they went over there with hidden cameras, because they'd heard that they were reselling it. And what they were doing, they were hosing it down with a saline solution, so salt, packaging it up, and selling it on 
two places that exist in the high street. Places that don't necessarily have a brand name on them. And you think to yourself, who would buy it? And the reason they were buying it is because it was cheap. They were buying it because it was cheap. And that's why some of these places, you, you smell their bins at the back and you think, that's food that's rotten. How long has this survived? And the answer is they don't keep it at the right temperature. They don't worry about it at all. They don't care whether or not it's going to make you ill. That's why some nights you go out and you have a meal and you go, oh my God, I feel really ill. It's because they're using ingredients that aren't fit for human consumption. And they go around in the early hours of the morning. And they sort of, and they leave this food outside people's places, and it's cheap stuff. But this particular place, they reckon that they disposed of something like 15 tonnes of unfit food for human consumption. And all they'd done is washed it with a salt solution, packaged it up and flogged it on cheap. And people go, oh, that's good, I'll take that. And that's why. Do you remember Kentucky Fried Chicken got into trouble? Because they said that their, their food was f- delivered fresh every day, and it turns out it wasn't. It was delivered fresh probably about twice or three times a week. The rest of it sits in fridges. But you, you expect, if you go to a place like Kentucky Fried Chicken, that they're going to be the best possible place because they've got the hygiene and because it's got a brand name behind it. And that's why sometimes you have a Kentucky Fried Chicken and then magically it's not a Kentucky Fried Chicken. And that's because Kentucky have been round with their inspectors and gone, I think you're actually not using the proper ingredients. You're using cheap chicken to make yourself a bit more money. So they take away the brand logo. And that's why many of them changed into different places overnight. I know that because uh, we know people who, uh, who go round and, and do that for these companies. Uh, Max wants to know, what is it about Lembit Opic? Whenever he smiles, he says, <laughs> he just doesn't look too good. He says, I wouldn't know whether to take his picture or call an ambulance. There's something about him. He's another one of those desperate, desperately sad, lonely people who just wants to be famous. And so he picks up the sort of girls who you can go to any nightclub in London and pick up. They're standing around outside and they'll do anything to be famous. It's as simple as that. And he says, what makes me laugh is people steal from pound shops. I know. I've seen them. Do you remember I told you I went to the 99p shop in Kingston about a month ago and three girls in there loaded up a bag because they, they couldn't give a stuff in the staff in there. Loaded up a bag. They saw me looking because I seem to be attracted to these sort of thieves. And, uh, and then they just walked to the door and they just ran out with bags of stuff from the pound shop. You see, I wanted to have a submachine gun. I just thought, you know, let's make it a bit more interesting. I cannot understand that, that people want to steal from a pound shop. Desperate. Uh, Paul says there's no Oakham farm in Oakham. M&S have made it up. Yes, we know that. We know that. We know that um, that uh, Oakham was a name. Because somebody said, where is Oakham? And they said, well, there is a place called Oakham. It's nothing to do with our chicken. We just thought, what would be a good name to call Marks and Spencer's chicken? So they called it Oakham. It doesn't come from Oakham. And it's, it's just a, a name that they, they made up. Quite interesting, actually. Uh, 84850. James says, you've turned me into a vegetarian in the space of ten minutes. There you go. 84850, steve at We'll take some more, uh, more calls. We'll take some more of your texts and emails. We'll find out why Mr Blacker did not win on the horses the other day. And, uh, and we'll remind you again about the, uh, the Howlow, which is a Sony Vio laptop. So if you fancy having a go for the Sony Vio laptop, then that's the one for you today. Uh, more in the papers as well on, uh, on Jordan, Michael Jackson. The Michael Jackson story just rumbles on. I'll just be so glad when this ghastly family have actually buried this poor soul. When you consider that it's gone on for ages now, we're going to be six months down the line and they're still going to be saying, well, we're not happy with burying him yet. Why not? I don't know how long you can keep somebody you know, in a crypt. I know he's supposed to be surrounded by ice, but I begin to wonder how long you can keep somebody in there before eventually the coroner is going to say, I'm terribly... You're just going to have to bury this person. He's not going to be buried at Neverland 
And the reason he's not going to be is because the local council will not licence it for a burial. And secondly, the roads around Neverland are not suitable for taking loads of traffic, unlike uh, around Presley's Graceland, where they've got the big highways and everything else. Around Neverland, it's a little, it's a little road that leads up there. And if, as they think, millions of people are going to go because it's his last resting place, uh, it will clog up the area. So the council will probably not licence anything up there at all. It'll probably just be sold on the house, and then eventually... Uh, they'll bury Michael Jackson. I'm sincerely hoping it's at Forest Lawn. Most other people seem to be at Forest Lawn. It is the celebrity cemetery. It is the place where Berry Gordy will go. There's loads of famous people up there. Why not Michael Jackson? You don't want him buried in the middle of nowhere, do you? Well, you probably do. It depends how much the Jackson family think they can actually make out of this. At the moment, they're coining it left, right and centre. I find the whole thing deeply disturbing and worrying. For goodness sake, put this poor boy to rest. He's earned it. This is LBC 97... 26 minutes to 7, Tuesday morning in London town. It looks nice at the moment. My advice is take an umbrella or a Mac or something because it's bound to tip it down a bit later. And you heard it first on LBC. Still to come, the horse racing. Before that, all the sporting headlines with our sports editor, Phil Blacker. Thanks, Steve. Good morning. Tottenham have uh, completed a deal to sign England striker Peter Crouch from Portsmouth. He passed the medical and agreed personal terms last night and the deal thought to be costing Spurs £9 million. Crouch actually started his career as a trainee at White Hart Lane and links up again with manager Harry Redknapp, who signed him for Pompey last summer. The move is likely to see Darren Bent leave Spurs. He pulled out of their pre-season trip to China last night with Sunderland favourites to sign him. Jose Mourinho says he's interested in becoming the next Manchester United manager. The former Chelsea boss, who's now in charge at Inter Milan, says he would consider going to Old Trafford when Sir Alex Ferguson steps down if they wanted him. Mourinho insists he remains a big fan of English football and the special atmosphere created by the fans over here. We'll find out today if the Rugby Football Union has been successful with its bid to stage the 2015 World Cup in England. The host for that tournament, as well as the 2019 event, will be announced by the International Rugby Board this afternoon. And England are the favourites, having already been recommended by the body which organises the event. The bid includes playing a number of matches in Wales. Edgebaston's groundsmen are battling to get the pitch ready for the third Ashes test, which starts there on Thursday. They're trying to get rid of all the water that soaked the playing surface recently. With a rain forecast for the week uh, as well, it could mean an underprepared wicket, but England bowler James Anderson says the side will be able to cope. Prepare ourselves for it, for it to be quite slow anyway. Um, we're, used to, we're used to pitches like that in the West Indies, and, and Cardiff was pretty slow as well, so we, we're used to it and we've just got to try and prepare ourselves for it. Doctors treating Ferrari driver Felipe Massa say it's too soon to know whether he'll ever race again after his accident during qualifying for the Hungarian Grand Prix. There was good news on the Brazilian's condition last night. He was woken from an induced coma and said to be making significant progress in recovering from fractures to his skull. But there remains concern over an eye injury which could end his career. And it's the opening day of Glorious Goodwood, one of the highlights of the flat racing season today. They also go this afternoon at Beverley and then tonight at Perth and Worcester. Yeah. Well, one of the shortest price horses of the day, but you still failed to get the winner yesterday, I'm afraid. I know, I don't know what went, went wrong with that one. Yeah. Everyone was tipping that. It wasn't just me. I know. Odd, isn't it? Much mm. more effort, says Alex, needed today with the Glorious Goodwood Festival starting this afternoon. So your chocolate cookie, third mm. out of six. You see, have you gone each way? Well, it wasn't worth it for that. Really? Not... not... It, was, it was odds on, I think. Oh, right, OK. Well, you lost two pounds, mm. so £37.74, whereas Rhinestone Ruby for Alex mm. won at 11 to 8... Profit £2.75, which is better than nothing. Yep. So £35.70. You're swings and roundabouts, you two, at the moment, aren't you? I know. Nip and tuck, isn't it? Sorry? <laughs> is no idea if you say so. Uh, Tuesday's lost <laughs> cause is 3.25 at Goodwood. Main aim.
Okay. My um, name. I, I considered that one actually. Oh, today. did you? Um, you can have the same. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm going for the two ten at Goodwood. A bit more speculative. William Blake. William Blake. Mm. Okay. Named after a poet. It is. It is. Mm. Yes. <laughs> I was about to ask. And I thought no, William Blake. <laughs> I've heard of William Blake. So William Blake in the two ten. Two ten. Yeah. Okay. And he's the three twenty five at Goodwood. Main mm. aim win only. Very yeah. very difficult Goodwood though. It is. I, isn't I kind it? of feel we have to pick one from Goodwood rather than take the easy option and go to Beverly. But it's nice. It gives them a bit of publicity as well. Right, I'm yeah. sure they're desperate for it. <laughs> they, they really need it. <laughs> I keep they? seeing all the adverts on the television <laughs> for, glo- for glorious Goodwood, and I keep thinking I've never been to Goodwood. I've been to some of the other racetracks, but never that one. Have you not? No. It is very nice. I've been nice. to glorious Goodwood a couple of times actually. Very is nice. it just a country house where they put a racetrack in or? Kind of. Yeah. Uh, but it's amazing views over the whole Sussex really? Towns, yeah. It is lovely, isn't it? There we go. So if anybody's off to... Alex is probably off to Glorious Goodwood this afternoon, I should imagine. Take an umbrella. <laughs> Take an umbrella. There you go. And we keep our fingers crossed. Oh, sorry. Keep our fingers crossed for tomorrow. Yes, we might need it. Yes, which... which I think that and double prayers might help. <laughs> yeah. Phil, thank you very much. Thank you. Phil Blacker returns. Don't forget Andrew Pierce with you after the news at seven this morning. Sitting in for uh, Nick Ferrari, who's off uh, on holes somewhere. I can't remember where he's gone to. Somebody did tell me, and now I've completely forgotten. They're, they're all talking in the papers today, and uh, the reason they are is because uh, Ofcom have done an investigation into why broadband users are paying for download speeds that they'll never receive. Customers who pay a premium for a typical service of 8 megabytes are likely to see an average performance of just 3.9 megabytes. Darren's with us now. Morning, Darren. Morning to you. So, did you? I mean, can you believe that? The, the uh, you're actually megabit. paying for eight megabits, sorry, and yeah. you get three point nine. Yeah, I've never understood how they get away with advertising that. You know, they always say up to eight megabits or up to sixteen, but actually, it should be based on what they can supply. Well, there's one here that they actually saw. It was supposed to be six megabits, and yeah. uh, it fell below two. Well, Toby Anstis rang me the other day saying he has problems with his. Mm. He was paying for eight and getting one. God. Well, I don't know what I'm paying for, but sometimes mine is incredibly slow. Tess found well, the slowest I'm... average speeds were offered by Tiskily. Next came AOL. Yeah. Then BT. The only yeah. mainstream service to achieve eight megabits was Virgin Media. But they yeah. promised a maximum of ten. Well, Virgin Media supply on a fibre optic cable, so they're able to uh, do it much faster. Right. No, it's outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. It is, but especially if you're link. paying top bucks for it. Oh, well, I'll send you a link and you'll test your speed at home. It'll tell you how fast you'll go. Oh, God. I don't actually, we'll do, we'll do it on Sunday. We'll do it on Sunday. Do it on Sunday for all those people, because yeah. I'm, I, I pay quite a lot to have premium yeah. megabits. And I, sh- I, sh- I mean, mine would be easier if you stuck a hamster on a wheel, I think, on times. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't help, admittedly, that it's, it's a laptop, but, you know, that's, that's it. You if, if you're stop. actually paying for something, you expect to achieve it. You should stop watching those historic Russian videos. I know. Well, Ofcom say that speeds dip by up to a fifth during peak hours. Well, what's peak hours? Well, they throttle. It's called throttling. And what they do, about six till ten in the evening when everyone's at home, they slow everyone's speeds down because they can't cope with the number of people that suddenly want to use the internet. Right. Jason Glynn likens it to going into a restaurant ordering a three-course set menu, only getting yeah. two because your table's too far from the kitchen. I, I agree with you. It's outrageous. It is outrageous, isn't it? About time that Ofcom started, he says, and everybody else will agree, especially if you're paying for a service, clamping down on these people and getting very tough. Lots of, lots of smack legs, I think. Indeed. Actually, i tell you what we're, we're doing uh, within uh, Global Now is because we've got... I mean, there must be hundreds, if not thousands, of computers in this building. People leave them on all the time, which people do. Now they turn themselves off. If they've not been used for a little while, the computer turns yeah. itself off, and you've got to turn it back on again physically. 
but saves a fortune in electricity. Below. Oh, I can well imagine, yeah. well imagine. Yeah. So, in fact, now, if, if a computer terminal's not been used for two and a half hours, which, of course, they're not overnight in many departments, click, off it goes. Indeed. Good idea. Very good idea. Where are we off to quickly? Well, it's summer holidays, so I've got some ideas. My favourite museum, the Grant Museum of Zoology, they're opening uh, for a limited season over the holiday, the 3rd to the 7th and the 10th to the 14th of August. It's a special event for families. It's called Animal Adventures. You get a super safari map and you can uh, go through all the specimens they've got there, bizarre beasts, incredible creatures of Asia, Africa and the Americas, cheeky chimps and so on. If you've never been, it's a fantastic place and they have more specimens on display than the National Natural History Museum and it's one-tenth of the size, so you can imagine what that's like. Mm-hmm. Other free ideas, the London Transport Museum is free for kids, so adults have to pay. Uh, Museum of London free, British Museum free, and the RF Museum in uh, Hendon is free as well. But another tip, before you go anywhere, check online, because Chessington World of Adventures, for example, if you book online, it costs an adult £24 to get in. If you buy the tickets on the door, on the day, it will cost you £33. God. So book in advance. Yes, book in advance. Save yourself a fortune. And last recommendation, we mentioned it on Sunday... He's now, sorry, she's now six days old, the baby elephant, the Asian elephant, very rare. No, right. At Whipsnade Zoo, go and see that. Um, six days, have you seen a six-day-old elephant in the no. flesh before? No, no. Now's your chance, once in a lifetime. Uh, Chris Driving North says, how do I check the speed I'm receiving? Is there a, is there a website? There is. We'll do it on Sunday. I mean, you can all test it at the same time and let us know what speed you get. Yes, cause that, because uh, James says, I pay for 20 megabits and get... 0.5. What? Good God. I'd cancel your subscription immediately. <laughs> Hardly worth bothering. But buying a platinum ring and getting something made of tin. Absolutely unbelievable, isn't it? So what we'll yeah, do we'll... on Sunday on the programme, yeah. we'll, we'll give you the, uh, the website details and you can all check on exactly yeah. what you're paying for, what you think you're getting and what you're actually getting. Yeah. Because It'll be it's... very interesting to get Yeah. That, that time we, we, we started to kick bottom, as they say. Yeah. And start complaining about All these right. uh, companies. OK, we'll do that on Sunday. We'll do that on Sunday, yeah. OK, thanks a lot for that. Darren's back with us on Sunday. Uh, Dan says, 281, not good enough to take you to Kingston yesterday? Or picking up your halogen oven? Well, that's what I was going to do, so I go to Argos, and they don't have them in. You can order them. I mean, hardly worth bothering. It's obviously got to be a huge, mega-sized Argos to carry these blooming halogen ovens. <laughs> he says, off home after another night shift. Have a nice day. Thank you. I never got it. I parked in the underground car park because I forgot. Well, I hadn't forgotten. On Monday, they... <coughs> excuse me. They have um, a market in Strange Enough, the market parking at the top of Kingston. And uh, I don't know who went there because it was miserable weather. I mean, the, the rain was chucking down. So I parked underneath. pound twenty. If you're in there five minutes or an hour, it's pound twenty. Small wonder that Kingston Council must be absolutely coining it in. Absolutely coining it. You've got to pay in all these car parks. You go to America, you don't pay for a car park. You go to any of the malls, or the malls, and you just park and then go in there. And they even carry your shopping to the car. It's nothing unusual. If you actually go to a supermarket in one of the malls in America, around Florida, and you fill up, they actually pack your bag... And a young lad will carry it to your car. There's no, you know, over here, uh, well, you've got to pay. How much is it? pound twenty For what? For parking your car. Well, don't you make enough money out of the, uh, at the local council? No, quite literally not. I want, to, I want to get a load more in, I'm afraid. So I still haven't got this blasted halogen oven. It's driving me mad. Won't be able to get it today either. And uh, I won't be able to get it tomorrow. So I'll probably just give up completely, I should imagine.
This is LBC 97.3. Talking of Columbo, which we were earlier because I've just received Columbo. I think this is the, the tenth season, volume two, which I think is the last one that they've done. I'm pretty, pretty certain. They must... uh, that's right. In the final season, I think that's it, actually. But uh, Pat says, I also rate Columbo as my favourite detective. However, I heard he was not too well, but can't get it confirmed. Yes, he's got Alzheimer's, and the family were fighting over um, his money. I think one of his children was fighting, and his, uh, his wife was fighting, saying, listen, we can look after him, and all this kind of uh, thing. So it made all the papers a short while ago. But he's, uh, he's not very well. He was, and strange enough, he was only over here a short while ago, and we were desperate to get him but he wasn't doing that many interviews. He did a few, but I don't think anybody treated him properly because uh, he's just absolutely brilliant. He's, he's kind of grown up with it. I think he's still got the same Mac. Pat says, do you have a favourite episode? Mine is Rest in Peace, Mrs Columbo, a rare one that doesn't let you know at the beginning who the murderer is. I love. I just love anything to do with him. I think he's absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, Jennifer says, macros have your cooker on special from Wednesday. Uh, thank you. I'm not a member of macros, sadly, and they don't have it in Costco. Neil in Maidstone says, I pay for ten and get ten... On Virgin, this is talking about the broadband users and the download speeds. Poor old James seems to be the worst one. 20 megabits and gets 0.5. James thought Goodwood was a motor racing track. How wrong can you be? Uh, Simon says, upstairs in that car park is £1.80 an hour and Kingston charge for parking all evening. Do they want people to go there? No, they quite clearly don't want you in uh, Richmond either. Because Richmond not only charge... 24 hours a day, but they charge on Sundays, they charge bank holidays, they charge, they charge all the time. All the time. Small wonder that businesses in Richmond are going, could, you know, could we get a bit of cooperation from the council? And also, there was an office block, just as you go into Kingston, they put up some flats with, uh, I think it was an estate agent underneath, and people used to park next to their office. The council have put in a flower bed and put up wooden posts to stop people driving onto it now. And parking. They just don't want you parking there, do they? You begin to wonder, i tell you what we'll do, let's just all pull out, and then you all sit there, all you councillors. Of course, there'll be parking for them, as we discovered at uh, Twickenham. There's councillors parking in the disabled bays and everything over there, because okay, they have to do it on council business. It's a load of cobblers, as you well know. Uh, Steve, pound eighty to park at Kingston Hospital for an hour if you can find a space. You're right about the USA and the malls parking. Lots of spaces and actually something called customer service, said Rob. I know, we don't have customer service over here. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. They really don't care. You know, I've, I've always said, if you don't get customer service, this is why I moan about things all the time, vote with your feet, go buy somewhere else. You get back... The, the best customer service we ever got was Lakeland. The best... Cu- you phone them up, they're pleasant, they're polite. You know, very, some people, you think, hello, am I, am I dealing with the right person? The other week, I had some... What was I doing? That's right, I had to speak to the Halifax. Strange enough, they phoned me, because I, I'm in arrears with my mortgage. And the reason I'm in arrears, and I'm telling you this now, is because I haven't changed the standing order. So every month, I get a letter from them saying, you owe us this month. It's something like 42, whatever it is, 42 pounds, because I can't be bothered to change it. And I always come up with excuses to them. I always say, she goes, why don't you just change the standing order? I say, I don't, I don't have much company and I quite like talking to you. And of course, really annoys them. So every month I get this thing from them. But if, if they actually phone me before I've made the payment of 42 pounds and 68 pence or something, they phone me at home, but they were always withheld. So I never pick up the phone and they never leave a message. On the odd occasion you pick up the phone, they always go, is that Mr. Yes. Um, oh, it's so-and-so here from the Halifax. Hello. Can I just take you through a security check to find out it's you? OK, so you go through a security check. So I, exactly. So I always go, well, how do I know it's you? So they, they phone me, she goes, can you remember the year you took out your mortgage? So I become deliberately obtuse. I go, oh, no, I can't. And so, because I know she's phoning about 
about the arrears of £42.68. But they're not allowed to tell you that's what they're phoning about. Which is even more stupid. So then, this is the Halifax, they probably do it with the other ones as well. That she then goes, right, can you remember what the original mortgage was? I said, oh, I don't know. Is it 60000 And so they ask you your date of birth, your mother's maiden name. And then at the end she goes, I'm sorry, I can't carry on this conversation. You've got two questions wrong. So, of course, I laugh and I go, well, you phoned me. <laughs> I said, you're phoning about the £42.68 arrears. And she goes, I can't discuss that with you. So I go... I said, you're such a fool, aren't you? So I then, so I then, so, so she goes, I'm going to put the phone down. I said, bye. So I put the phone down and, and you sort of leave it. And then I phone up and I, I pay the £42. But again, the other week, I did it. And, uh, and the woman said, when I phoned her, I said, I'm just paying this, this uh, arrears off here. Oh, that's right, sir, but I can't tell you anything about the account because you didn't, you failed on two of the questions. So I always think to myself, I've failed on two of the questions. Because you can't remember something that happened 15 years ago. You know, it's like, I can't remember something that happened yesterday, let alone 15 years ago. But it makes me laugh when they go, I'm terribly sorry, but you failed in the security. I said, but I'm paying arrears. Why would I want to phone up and pay somebody else's arrears? I mean, surely you've got a modicum of intelligence there. You know, you must have. You're struggling at most of them. Ridiculous, isn't it? 84850, uk. Uh, very quickly, as we've got a few more minutes before Andrew Pearce uh, pops into the studio. Another story on The Telegraph today. This is about the £25 that they're going to be claiming the MPs, and they don't need to produce receipts. God, it's a licence to print. I used to think it was the Euro Parliament. <laughs> How wrong can you be? It's the British one. So, Metro today. They're talking about the Formula One star out of his coma, which is good. Somebody's got a very veiny arm. Who is it? I'll tell you now. It's... Madonna, because apparently she works out, the broadband speeds that we've talked about, and Ryanair, they've gone up in profit, but strangely, they've only gone up because fuel costs have gone down, so they haven't got an increase in business. What they've actually got is uh, is, is the, the decrease in fuel. Mirror this morning, this is Simon Cowell's friend. She's a makeup artist. Uh, Jermaine Defoe makes the front of a lot of the papers today. And he's thinking of suing the police. I mean, for goodness sake. I mean, just... Well, I can't put... Years ago, it was a case of, um, you know, um, I'm terribly sorry, we made a mistake. No, nope, I'm going to prison. I'm sorry, I'm going to court and I'm going to sue. Why can't we just accept an, uh, an apology? Somebody says, listen, we're terribly sorry. I know you spent five hours, in, you know, in, in the cells, treated like a common criminal. Well, common being the, uh, the, the good word there. You can win a Fiat camper van in the Express today. Can't think of anything worse. But apparently it's worth more than £36,000. Uh, more from, <coughs> sorry, Blake Fielder Civil, uh, who's the ex of Amy Winehouse, telling us what a junkie she is. I mean, like we didn't know. To be honest with you, I've, I said at the beginning of the programme, I said halfway through, I couldn't care less. I couldn't care less. She can mainline heroin, as far as I'm concerned, as long as it doesn't affect me. If she wants to kill herself, that's her problem. There are thousands of people in show business who survive. I can name you four boy bands, of whom a number of members are, are doing cocaine. Actually, most showbiz writers could probably tell you exactly the same. Uh, more on poor deluded Jordan. Apparently she's been chasing this fight hunk for a year. Not so much a hunk, still lives with mummy at home which is a bit of a shame. The uh, Times today, success in Afghanistan will need more troops. The independent voters turn against the war in Afghanistan. Daily Telegraph today, MPs give themselves £9,000 expenses deal by stealth. So no doubt Andrew will be talking about that and a campaign to seek a better deal for the wounded. I can't believe that some of these people... And David Shaler's new life. You remember David Shaler, the former spy? Well, he now is a cross-dresser. And in fact, I think he was, he was, 
picked up by the police some time ago, and they, they went, are you David Shaler? And he went, yes, but now call me Deirdre or something like that. So I don't, it just gets more bizarre by the day. Every time you open up the papers, you're just never too sure. And uh, Jerry Hall's daughters are going into modelling. Lovely, just what you need, which is uh, absolutely excellent. Um, the bankers are told, get lending... And if you want to send migrants home, it's going to cost you about £2,500. It's all part of a government initiative, so it's marvellous. I'm heading after the programme straight over to Calais, because I want my 1700 quid, which is fantastic. Jeremy says, Goodwood is a race course and a motor racing circuit, shortly to hold the revival. How fantastic. The stuff you learn on this programme. I'm, I'm absolutely chuffed to little pieces. Anyway, that's it uh, for today. 84850. Steve at lbc.co.uk will apply again tomorrow morning between the hours of uh, 5 and 7. If you go to lbc.co.uk, you can learn how to podcast. You can also check out the glorious pictures on LBC where we did 24 hours of a day in the life. And we've got these glorious... Unfortunately, I was ill on that day, so I didn't look too good at all. But, I mean, there's nothing new there. It doesn't matter. I'm not in the business of being attractive. Unlike Andrew Pierce, who's with you very, very shortly. And he'll be with you sitting in for Nick Ferrari, who's gone off to make himself look even more attractive. I'm just surrounded by visually interesting people in this business. So join me again tomorrow morning. Enjoy the rest of your day with LBC 97.3. Andrew's next after the news. 97.3. In uncertain times... 